Welcome to Pioneering Fearless Warriors Network. I've changed the name to reflect where God is taking me, and that and that is to uplift, encourage, and minister to the whole body of Christ, not just part. I pray you enjoy this encouraging time in the Lord as I bring the word and bring truth to you and encourage you and pray for you. With much love in Christ, your friend, Suzanne. Thank you again for tuning in. Hi there, this is Suzanne. Welcome to Fearless Warriors Network. Today's message will be on anxiety and how to overcome. There's actually scripture in the Word um, in Matthew, the book of Matthew, where it's um, the title of the particular um, set of scriptures says, Cure for Anxiety. That's what we'll be looking at today. Thank you, Father, for your word that is truth. Thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And thank you, Father, that you have instruction in your word that gives us instruction in how to live our life. That we might live it more abundantly. We thank you, Father, that we can walk in victory because of your word. Because if we grasp your word and root it and ground it in our hearts, thank you, Father, that we might be found holy and, and honorable and righteous before you. Thank you for the blood that was shed for our lives, that we might have it life more abundantly that you took the stripes for our healing. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done and all that you will do. In your precious name, we pray that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say and eyes to see. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. I'm just going to read this, and then we'll see how the Lord leads us. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow, or reap, or gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers and the field grow of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that, it, that not even Solomon and all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how 
God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow. Won't he do much more for you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows what you have need of. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? That's so true. You know, it's been true since the beginning of time, but it just seems like in these days that there seems to be more trouble, more things. When you turn on the news and you see the things that are going on, you know, from nation to nation, state to state, border to border, you know, the stuff that is going on in the world. And we tend to concentrate on the negative when we should be thinking about the kingdom of God. So, I love that part where it says, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. What exactly do you think that means? That means my concern shouldn't be for, you know, how, you know, where I'm going to lay my head. What kind of clothes, you know, do I have to wear? um, Where's my food going to come from? And, you know, stuff like that how am I going to pay the bills what I should be concentrating on is the kingdom and so what does that entail when we think about the kingdom the kingdom is um, you know taking care of our spiritual well-being and being a witness to those around us and praying and making sure that we you know worship the Lord and Um, reading the word. So, um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my testimony on this podcast, but back in the 90s, um, we had trauma hit our family, and I um, had to go in for you know, mental health issues, and I was diagnosed um, with severe depression and um, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and um, post-traumatic stress disorder or disease or whatever they want to call it, PTSD, it's kind of a tricky thing to deal with. Um, because your bo- body remembers um, trauma, even if you're on the road to mentally being okay and you're speaking words of um, 
affirmation or whatever to change your thinking. Um, it could take a while for it to manifest. And so the things that bothered me the most was if anybody showed a aggression, I had to make a huge distance between us. Um, I couldn't, someone couldn't just spontaneously, you know, drive by our house and pop in. They had to schedule an appointment so that I could mentally prepare myself for someone to visit. And, um, I held up in my room if they showed up, um, without, uh, advanced warning. I would not answer the door. Um, we had a telephone, but I would not answer the telephone. Um, my family had to answer it. And then they had to screen who it was. If it was someone I didn't think was safe or would stress me out, I wouldn't talk to them. So I went from being bound up in my home and in my body and in my life <clears throat> to being free. And Jesus is the reason and he is the one that showed me these scriptures where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. So when he says all these things, it's not just those. It's health and it's mental health. And it's um, so that you can walk freely in the Lord. And the more I sought him, the more I prayed for, for healing, the more I found scripture to stand on knowing that one day I would be set free from the bondage of anxiety and fear and PTSD and depression. Those are no longer my identity. My identity in Christ is walking in freedom. So I wrote a couple of books on my journey <clears throat> coming out of fear and anxiety and I will be reading to you from one of them. This one is on Amazon. It's called um, Be Anxious No More, Overcoming Fear. And um, anyways, in a world that is full of bad news and negativity, we tend to get overwhelmed with life and just being able to cope with day-to-day -day stuff, which is where I was. Sometimes life throws us a curveball. And if you know how to bat a curveball, you will be okay. But sadly, we are not usually expecting the curve and we allow it to cripple us. While I was seeking God for the words to say and the scripture reference for a women's conference I was going to preach for, this is what was given to me. 2 Corinthians 4. chapter or chapter 4 verse 17 and 18 this scripture literally changed my life and let's see second Corinthians 4 17 and 18 for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, 
but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This part here, for our momentary light affliction. Our momentary light affliction. I thought, Lord, you can't be serious that this is a light affliction. But compared to everything that Jesus went through, this is a light affliction. <clears throat> Those first few words just struck in my head and I felt like I had new enlightenment. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. So we're, this is all just temporary. When you read verse 18, it says, So we do not focus on what is seen, but that which is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. So whatever affliction is happening to you right now is all just temporary. You see it in the physical, but it's in the spiritual that is permanent. But for a moment, I can't stress this enough. It's just for this season. And when we stay in a season or in a moment, we stay in that moment for too long. You know, it wasn't meant, it wasn't meant for us to, to stay in that affliction for a lifetime. It was meant for us for a moment so that we could learn and move on. And it was meant for something for us to overcome. It wasn't meant for to become our identity and or to become um, part of our life. So let me ask you this. What is your light affliction? What is it you're going through right now that seems to be dragging on and you should have overcome by now? What is that affliction? So the more I prayed about this the more I realized I haven't gone through anything that my Lord Jesus hasn't been through. He's been through more. So he understands trauma. He understands what we've been through. He's been through betrayal. He's been crucified. He rose again. He's had, you know, accusation, people accusing him of stuff that he didn't do. He's had his disciples turn on him, you know, betrayal. And so much more. So according to dictionary.com, the definition of affliction is a state of pain, distress, or grief, misery. So like I said, so here we are in affliction. What is it that's afflicting us that is creating us to stay in this moment? You really want to stay in that state of pain, distress, or grief? So remember in verse 18, while we do not look at the things that are seen, verse 18 says, so we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? 
when you look at what the scripture says, we've been told this in Hebrews, looking at things that are unseen. So our problem as humans, we tend to want to see, and I'm doing the air quotes, see things kind of like Thomas, who was Thomas. He, he had to put his hands in Jesus's scars and had to see proof that it was him. In the Bible, it tells us in Ephesians 6, 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That scripture I stood on, I stand on a lot because it helps change your perspective to, you know, see what's in the physical or to see what's in the spiritual because a lot of our issues are spiritually are in the spiritual. We start with the spiritual and then move on. And it manifests in this physical. <coughs> 612, excuse me. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. So, um, learning to turn our eyes into the spiritual because, you know, here we are in a generation where people get offended easy. And in that offense, it's because they were looking at the physical instead of realizing that this battle is in the spiritual. That a lot of the attacks that you are getting physically, whether someone says something to you or does something or um, whatever is the situation, we're looking at it physically and taking offense when we don't need to be taking offense. I could get off on a whole thing. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So when <clears throat> when someone says something to you, we had a situation, I don't know, if a couple of months ago. And someone, I had nothing to do with the situation. I was not involved in the situation. Um, the two parties that were having issues were... Um, one was offended, one didn't mean to offend, and the second party that was offended came to me um, trying to understand, and me being who I am, I like to mediate, I like to help people understand what other people, uh, where they are coming from, and the next thing I knew, this person just started rattling things off you are this and you've done this and you've done this and and it's you that's the problem and I'm like okay all of a sudden be I went from mediator to being the one blamed 
I was nowhere around in the situation. So <clears throat> had I looked at the physical, I could have taken offense. I sat and I decided that this attack was the enemy and this person was the vessel being used because I was nowhere involved in this situation just being the mediator and they needed someone to blame and because I seemed like the likely candidate at the time they rattled things off and sure it rattled me for a couple days but I had to decide in my head that I'm not going to be offended number one number two this is not my battle this is not something um let me reword that. I was nowhere involved. They were trying to involve me. <coughs> but when I brought it to the Lord and realized this is a spiritual battle, I was able to pray. And before I knew it, there was peace amongst all three parties, me included. And although... I don't expect apologies because I know demons don't apologize. Okay? That's the thing. We shouldn't be expecting apologies when we're fighting a spiritual battle. Them demons are not going to come and say, Oh, I'm so sorry that that I used this person to, to um, you know, say things against you or yell at you or accuse you of things. We can't expect demons to, and you can't negotiate with them either. Okay, well, and that's a whole nother preaching. <clears throat> what I'm saying on my part and on our part, when it says test every spirit, test every spirit that's even accusing you. Test every spirit that comes against you. Test every spirit, not just who come to you in Christ or bring you a word or is preaching from the pulpit. You have to test all the spirits that come at you who are backbiting, are, um, you know, um, saying bad things about you, who accuse you of things, who are trying to cause problems in your family, who, you know, stuff like that. Also, you test every spirit. Are you getting this? I know it started out about anxiety, but... Ooh, God had so much more for this. Test every spirit. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if you're in a situation <clears throat> where... So we have... A, um, let me give you this example. Christians and non-Christians can be used. But if you're a seasoned Christian and you're testing every spirit, the likelihood of you being used in a scheme of the enemy is very, very low to zero. Because you're walking in the spirit. That's why we're encouraged to test every spirit that comes at us, especially, you know, when it involves other people. Not only, you know, it's our responsibility we can't go around thinking 
okay, I'm saved. I'm covered by the blood. <clears throat> you know, none of this stuff's going to happen to me. And that's not true. I mean, you look at... Look at the stuff that happened to Noah. Noah was standing and doing what God told him to do. Yet he had every person in town saying things about him. Calling him crazy. Calling him names. I mean, you just... He was doing what God told him to do. And the same with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were standing for righteousness and doing what God told them to do. And what happened? When you stand, it's always something in the spiritual. But God sends an ark or he sends his son to protect. He sends angels to protect. When you stand and you're in the will of God, you will get that protection. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. <clears throat> are we getting it? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll give you an example. So, there is someone who's married into the... Well, there's a relative... <laughs> who doesn't believe in the Lord. And we, my husband, does not like when this person visits. And this person likes to accuse. This person likes to persecute. This person likes to say things to demean a person. And, you know, for a long time, because of who they are, you know, um, and there's certain scripture that tells us has a guideline of how we treat certain people in the family. We thought we had to put up with it. But you don't have to put up with spiritual abuse. You don't have to put up with other people's demons saying things and doing things to you. Okay? Um, so we knew this person was coming. And I got on my knees and I said, Lord... I said, this person we know full well does not serve you. And he comes and he afflicts our family. This person comes, they afflict our family with their words. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the demons behind him, within him, around him, are not allowed to speak to your children in Jesus' name. So this person showed up. And I was inside. My husband was outside. And this person showed up. And he he drove up the driveway. He stopped. And he looked like he was going to roll his window down to say something to my hubby. But he stood there. He just, he just sat there facing forward. The window didn't go down. Would not he did not roll the window down and then he continued on and parked and my husband come in and he said you know what the weirdest thing just happened he showed up and he looked like he was going to roll his window down and say something but he couldn't even look at me he couldn't and he just kept and then he you know he like paused and then moved on and there was another instance where one of my son's friends 
there was something about this kid that was unsettling. And so finally, I just prayed against the demons that were influencing this kid and said that they are not allowed to enter our household. They can't come through windows. They can't come through the doors. So this kid shows up after I prayed this. He shows up at the door and I said, oh, hi, um, my son's in, in the bedroom. If you'd like to go and um, get him, he could not cross the threshold. He said, no, I'll wait right here. And he did try. He put his foot on the threshold and then quickly pulled it back. That's because whatever demons he entertained were not allowed in our house. Even if I said, you can go back there. I was speaking to the human could go back there, not the demons. So you think about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay, I've lingered on that a little too long. How do you change your thinking? You have to get the word of God in you. If you notice, when Jesus was taken out, you know, and tempted by Satan, he always used scripture. And so when we talk to the enemy, we need to have scripture to back up, you know, what we are saying and what we are standing firm in. And that'll be another time I'll have to talk on how to get the word rooted and grounded in your heart. So I feel like we need to continue this another time. It's already almost 30 minutes that I've been on. And anyways, I will pick up next Sunday. We'll do what is called a part two on this for next Sunday. So I appreciate those who listen. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. And Father, we just pray that you help us to see that our, that our battles are in the spiritual and not in the physical. And that the spirit of offense can't come on us. That when someone says something, we test every spirit, knowing and understanding that not everything that someone says it doesn't always come from you it comes it could be coming from strife it could be coming from the enemy to persecute and to get us to trip up and so father i pray that you root and ground in our hearts your word that you guide us with your righteous right hand you lead us into the paths of righteousness you hold us in your hand in the palm of your hand that nothing can touch us we have to stay there and the way we stay there is in the word and in worship and in prayer we thank you we praise you we adore you this day we pray father that you help us to continually grow in you in your precious and holy name we pray amen and amen thank you so much for joining and i pray that your week goes well i will do another wednesday um podcast on Wednesday it will be um, we're still looking at the love chapter 
in 1 Corinthians 13. And the one we're going to be looking at is Love Does Not Envy. So I hope you will tune in on Wednesday for Love Does Not Envy. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pioneering Fearless Warriors Network. I pray the Lord keep you and the Lord guide you. Make his face shine upon you as he goes before you, as he surrounds you, as he provides for you, as he is faithful. We thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We bless the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.